What would you do if you got scammed? Would you suffer in silence or would you do something about it? Well, I got scammed once and this is the story of what I did. I'm Justin Sales, the host of The Wedding Scammer, a true crime podcast from The Ringer. And for seven episodes, we're hunting a con man, a guy with a lot of aliases, a guy who's ruined a lot of weddings. And with the help of some friends, I just might be able to catch him. Listen to The Wedding Scammer on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Trello help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com, A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com, Atlassian. Tap the banner or visit this episode's page to learn more. And welcome to Ringer Dish. I'm Juliette Littman, and I'm excited to bring you my colleagues, Bill Simmons and Amanda Dobbins, talking about one of their guilty pleasures, the morning show. That's right. They're still watching. You might not know, but it's happening on Apple TV. John Hamm's on this season. Of course, Jennifer Aniston and Reese Witherspoon still there. Billy Crudup. Amanda and Bill will tell you all about it. Um, as I said, this is a segment from the Bill Simmons podcast called Guilty Pleasures, and it's soon to be a full-fledged show here on Ringer Dish. So keep your eyes on the feed. A lot more to come. And now here's Bill and Amanda. All right, Amanda Dobbins is here. You can hear her in The Big Picture with Sean Fennessy and on The Ringer Dish as well with Juliet Lipman. We text. We've known each other for a long time now. Not quite 10 years, but getting there. And we have guilty pleasures from time to time. Content in the TV and movie realm. Maybe we're not proud of that we enjoy. We don't know why we enjoy it. We know it's not good, but we watch every week. I've gotten to the point with The Morning Show, which I think is one of the worst shows I've watched in the last five, six years, that I actually look forward to Tuesday nights when I know it's popping on. Can't wait. Oh, new morning show. Because I'm just in disbelief every week. Every week where I think they're not going to be able to top how ridiculous that one thing that happened in the last episode is. Then you get Billy Crudup singing Ain't No Mountain High Enough with his mother character that we just met for like four minutes. This is a thing that happened in episode seven. What is it about the show, Amanda? They have no shame and also no connection to what their audience wants from them. But 
that also yields beautiful things, right? Because they give us a lot of stuff that we don't want, including reenactments of uh, recent news events from the last three years. They have somehow simultaneously been reenacting COVID, the Jan 6 riot, and every single like breaking news event that haunted us from 2020 to 2022. Oh, don't forget Roe v. Wade getting I, overturned. I just, I, yeah. yeah. Cause, cause we wanted to go through that one again. Yeah. They yeah. basically cherry picked all the worst things that happened over the last three years. They're like, let's make content out of this. And like, not just one time, somehow they're not going chronologically. They're using flashback episodes to make us relive COVID like five, six times. You know, yeah. I've been living in March, 2020 through the morning show for at least three hours. At the same time, the fact that they are doing so many things means that we get some things that I didn't, that I didn't want, but still really enjoy texting with you about, you know? And it's like, I look forward to Tuesday night because I know I'm going to hear from you, you know? And it's like a nice time <laughs> when we can talk about how we did not need to know about the major media moguls, mommy issues, but somehow we do. I'm always amazed and delighted when somebody in my life tells me that they're also watching the morning show yeah. because I feel real shame that I've lasted 26 episodes or whatever it is. I was texting with our friend Wesley Morris yesterday and somehow the morning show came up and he's like, I'm addicted to it. And I mean, <laughs> and I, and I said, you mean like ironically addicted to it or non-ironically addicted to it? And then he proceeded to make a case, you know, he likes Aniston and he's like, I think she's doing some of the best stuff she's done in the last 10 years of the show. And I'm like, what's going on? Is this, who took Wesley's phone? Uh, he also admits <laughs> that it's ridiculous and terrible, but you know, they're big actors. They spend a lot of money on it. So it, it clearly is in some lane that no other show is in where they could just be like, we're going to bring in John Hamm. He's going to play like basically handsome Elon Musk. He's going to be woefully miscast. And it's just going to be Don Draper having an affair with 53-year-old Rachel from Friends. And we're just going to try who, this and see if it works. By the way, who looks astonishingly good. They yes. went for the adult content scenes. I mean, not full adult content. So but let's talk about that. Yeah. No, that was like a, a sex scene. Yes. With that, And then a, a morning follow-up scene where she's just lying naked on top of John Hamm. And it was like, I, I, I was uncomfortable. Light, you could write many dissertations on how lighting is used in this show, both for character building and just uh, in terms of who gets what light and in what situation. The actual sex scene was so dark that I had to like squint and be a creeper to make sure that it was them. But I do think it was them. Oh, it was definitely that. Yeah. It reminded me of the Tom Cruise, Kelly McGillis Top yes, Gun exactly. sex scene yeah. in 1986, where just like dark and somebody's lying on somebody and you can't even really make out the right. shadows and there's exactly. some movement, but it's not erotic. But then again, in the morning, someone is also lying on somebody and it's Jennifer Aniston. And I just want to say she has been a spokesperson over the years for many forms of exercise and uh, body, you know, care. And they appear to be working. And I would, I think those companies have invested their money well. <laughs> they also, like, she knows him. They have all the same friend circles. So it's super weird. It's like if in your friend circles, if just two people that have been in the same circle all of a sudden had to fake date and make out and do stuff. And you'd be like, all right, I see this is just too weird. I just saw you guys at Thanksgiving last year. Uh, Listen, that's not even close to being the weirdest part of this show. No, that's 
Except for the Coney Island date, which you and I skipped through a lot of episodes, which I think is for the best, but they had to go on an extended date to Coney Island. Yeah, we did. So Prestige TV, we did the first two and we were kind of like, this is not a show that should be in the Prestige TV feed. <laughs> Fortunately, with the Prestige TV, we have real shows coming back. We have The right. Crown, we have yes. this Nathan Fielder, Emma Stone show, True Detectives coming. Like we're, the Prestige TV feed is going to be back. This show was not worthy of the Prestige feed, but they had this Coney Island date since the last time we talked where they're just at I don't know, a pretty big amusement park. And she is supposed to be basically the most famous female TV anchor personality. She's basically Diane Sawyer and he is basically Elon Musk. But she is like in the world of the morning show, she is if Diane Sawyer, who respected Diane Sawyer, were also Beyonce. You know what I mean? It's like it, the, the psychosis of the show is that the morning television show is the most important thing on the planet Earth. And, and the, the evening only- news is the, and the <laughs> evening news is the second most important thing. Exactly. Yeah. And they're just like going on rides and getting a corn dog. <laughs> These are like A plus list famous people. Nobody's coming up to them, bothering them. They're just they're yelling for at them. So long, also. And it's like there does not seem to be a budget for this show. That's one thing that I will say in its favor. They just, when they need to spend money, they spend. But it did feel like the if we're gonna go to Coney Island, then we need to like make use of this money. And so they just gave us 20 minutes of it for no reason. For no reason and no realism whatsoever. Um, so when we talk about like People are very worried about the streaming content universe, post-writer strike, deals getting canceled. They're definitely going to make way less shows. And what is this new reality going to look like? And then over here, you have the morning show, which is like, we're going to send them rocket into space. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to buy out all of Coney Island. We're going to have a 300-person Hamptons party at the most expensive Hamptons house you've ever seen. And we're going to get nine minutes of scenes out of it. A 300-person Hamptons party. We're going to have a whole real estate subplot for and only to set up a helicopter landing. <laughs> right, which also <laughs> probably wasn't cheap. Yeah. Um, yeah, they, they just go for it, which I think is one of the guilty pleasure parts of this show. Yeah. It's like, I kind of can't believe the money they spend and the actors they have. Like, Mark Duplass is like barely in this season. Like right. he's a real actor. Like he's in movies where he's the lead actor in the movie and he's I, like an afterthought. Also, when he is in it, here's the list of things that Mark Duplass has been asked to do this season. His character was caught having sex with another, with a coworker in his boss's apartment. Right. Uh, then he disappears for a few episodes. The character has to do an investigation into John Hamm's character. That's like three minutes of work. And then he has to look really upset when he catches his boss making out with John Hamm's character because he's still in love with his boss. That's it. It's been like yeah, seven minutes of screen it. time. That's literally it. Yeah. I. It's one of those shows where... It's like a sports team where they're just like, let's get another receiver. We'll just get one more cornerback. And they just, they load it up. There's uh so Stella, who's played by Greta Lee. I, I'm just going to be honest. I think it's a really bad performance. And what's weird to me is she's in this movie, Past Lives. Yes. That I thought, I didn't think was as good as other people thought, but I was, I thought it was really interesting. And what's weird is, She's phenomenal in that movie. She is. I, I love She's phenomenal. Lives. Like, I think she's going to get nominated for Best Actress. I hope she does. And my main concern about the morning show season three, uh, aside from like that I've wasted so much time on it, 
is that it might get in the way. Might hurt her Oscar chances. Greta Lee's Oscar chances. And we cannot let that happen. She is wonderful in past lives. Explain to me what she's doing in the morning show then, because if you only knew her from the show, you would think, man, what a bad actress. Like, what, what is this character supposed to be? What are her motivations? But we know she's a good actress. So is she playing it intentionally where there's like a vacancy to her that I we're supposed to constantly interpret what she's thinking, but it's like, it's not my job. You're a TV show. Can you at least give me some hints? I hold the writing responsible, okay. which is, I hold the writing responsible throughout this show. And yeah, that's fair. There is a piecemeal quality to the way it seems to be made just in terms of who is where at what Who's, time. Who, what actor was available on a, exactly. on a Tuesday. And were they in the same room? Once again, the lighting is very good as they as they stitch this together. Uh, so I'm just wondering if she is not being given the adequate information about like what her character actually wants to do. Are they making like it what up? Motivations. The... Exactly. Like, or did they change something because someone wasn't available and now you got to do this. And what if we tried this? Um, I, I think, see, I, I think it might actually be worse than that. I, I think know. when, when they cast her and they were talking about the character with her, they were like, she's really hard to read. She's hard to figure out. So just play it that way. But now we're you know, three seasons in and she's still kind of like, I'm still trying to be really hard to read, but she's in pivotal scenes. She's probably in the most pivotal plot of the season, which is John Hamm, Elon Musk is trying to buy this company, but has this past with her. And he's now going to install her because she clearly has dirt on him from the past. Right. And she's going to take Billy Crudup's job. But I still don't know. Is she a good person? Is she a bad person? Am I rooting for her? Like this show has made no decisions for me. So I don't know what I'm supposed to think. Yeah, I I think that the show would tell you that it's trying to explore how complicated it is to complicated it is to be an ambitious woman in the world. And I said said that with my eyes looking, uh, rolling a bit in my head. Yeah. Yeah. Because they did in the last episode, they did the whole, do you realize how hard it is? Yeah. To grab a spot from the white man club and that whole thing. So I was like, oh, I think I see what they're trying to do here. Let Karen Pittman, the actress who plays Mia, and who just is holding this show together and was also holding and just like that together, give her something to do. Also, what's up with her missing boyfriend? Right. Where did he go? (laughs) He disappeared. (laughs) He was in the Ukraine? Yeah. They set up that story. Yes. That's the other thing. He's a war correspondent and now he's missing. This show will do real work to lay down breadcrumbs for a plot and then just give up the plot. Like even in this last episode, Billy Crudup's character and Reese Witherspoon, who we haven't talked about yet, they're driving to his mother's house because they need to, he needs to lobby her. I'm not, not going to bore people who haven't watched the show, <laughs> but they have this whole history. He just randomly decided he was in love with her last year out of nowhere. Then she is now in a, in a gay relationship with Juliana Margulies' character that's off and on, but he still kind of likes her, but he doesn't, and they're hiding a secret. So now they're just in a car for like, what, two hours? Yeah. Do we get car ride scenes and like, hey, we should talk about stuff? No. No. And he's set up with, here's the deal with my mom? No. They're just in a car. This is why I... <laughs> Blame the writers instead of Greta Lee. This is what I'm saying. We're just, we're dropping things. We're picking and choosing with no rational direction. It's, It's all over the place. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. 
It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. We're not all professional athletes, but we all have health goals. That's why Anytime Fitness gives you access to personalized plans and support from a coach. Plus, you can track your training, nutrition, and recovery progress with the Anytime Fitness app, just like the pros. With 24-7 access to more than 5,000 gyms worldwide, get more from your gym membership. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, restrictions, all apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by 20th Century Studios, Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. As a ruthless king builds his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape will fight for the future of apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and in theaters everywhere. Get tickets now. The Reese Witherspoon, Juliana Margulies relationship, which they dive into really heavily in a previous episode, leading to the infamous Reese has to move out because the relationship isn't working. With some, some of the worst dialogue, I think, that's been in any TV show in the last, last couple of years. And then she's like, I got to move out. Right. They're another COVID relationship tragedy. They couldn't make it, even though they had nothing in common. I have no idea whether they're together. <laughs> um, they, every scene they have, it's like, you, you two just would not be together. Just stop. But anyway, she goes to January 6th and we get this January 6th episode <laughs> this is- that they did press for. And we're like, we painstakingly recreated blah, blah, blah. And here's how we did it. I was like, the show is terrible. What are you, you're, you're bragging about how you recreated January 6th. It was an abomination. Not only did they recreate January 6th and they used this, you set it up correctly. Reese Witherspoon had to move out so she could go cover Jan 6. And then that that was like her relationship couldn't handle the pressure. She needed to leave Montana. It was a nice house in Montana, Bill. They, it did seem really. Yeah, yeah. They, it seemed like, like they had great, a nice life. Great real estate on this show. I think that's, that's one I'm of the saying. guilty pleasures about they it. They spend the money. But anyway, yeah, so she do. has to go cover Jan 6. And then she covers Jan 6 and they recreate it so that uh, Reese Witherspoon films her own brother uh, at the as participating in the riots. And so, I, you know, maybe we don't need to keep score, but you predicted the Jan 6 episode and I predicted that the brother was Bradley's deep secret. And so we just check box for the two of us. It's pretty sad that we did a podcast after the second episode and predicted the big surprise twist. We literally predicted every aspect of it. That's the show I is know. like coming off the highway with the flashing lights. And like, given everything that we've just said about the writing, it's like, do we, should we feel good about the fact that we could predict it? I mean, it's really, I don't know. Well, if we should it, mention when I predicted the January 6th thing, your reaction was like, 
oh no, oh God. And then you were like, oh God, they might do that. Oh no. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. but it was like, you were horrified then realized that this was probably where they were going. Oh, not only did they go there, but she's in there, she's wearing a ski, like a ski cap and the COVID mask and just filming all of the altercations and nobody notices this five foot one blonde girl who looks kind of exactly like the evening news anchor, Bradley, whatever her name is, Bradley Jackson. Right. Um, and she's just kind of milling about as there's complete chaos on January 6th. I'm pretty sure one person would have been like, wait a second. Yeah. Who's that? Right. That person kind of looks like a reporter. And why is she filming everything now? And then just randomly runs into her brother. Yeah. Great. Odds are pretty low. I'm going to say. Amazing stuff. And then, and then has to delete the file. Right. Big moral dilemma. Yeah. And then they get subpoenaed and then it ties back into the hack. They've abandoned the hack. And I really. Which was, the hack was what we love the most. That was like the best idea they had all season was, oh my God, what else is going to be in the hack? Yeah. Basically doing the Sony hack and then they completely left it uh, on the side. Maybe it'll come back, but. So that's going to, I think when people ask me 20 years from now, the morning show, what happened there? And. I think my answer would be, it's like the Sopranos episode when the Russian ran in the woods from Polly and Christopher and we were all like, I wonder when the Russian's coming back. And then he just never came back. Yeah. That's this entire show. They just, they'll <laughs> go down the road with plots. They'll abandon them. Things will make sense. Then they won't. They'll put it in real time over multiple episodes to establish something that then just evaporates in the thin air. Right. And like, what is Bradley Cooper? What is this character at this point? Bradley Bradley Jackson. Bradley, Bradley Jackson. Cooper. <laughs> Bradley Cooper. I, Who is I mean, Bradley Cooper? He might be on it next week, you know? Um, I, what, I, what is she supposed to be? Did she win? She's the host of the evening news. I don't know. And I'm very concerned that she's just going to be spending more time in therapy and they're going to have to excavate like the mental toll that, you know, being a news person takes on. A, I, it's just it's really a mess. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. The other thing I love about this show that I love hating about this show is this this world that they're in where a morning show and an evening show are these just super important properties that it's determine true. pop culture as we know it which really hasn't been the case, I'm going to say, since 1988. It's a, it seemed like they restaged the, or they had the Met Gala or like the a fake version of the Met Gala recently. And then every single member of the network was at the Met Gala. It was like 50% people from the morning show. And then a few, you know, other fashion people. And I was like, that's not really how the Met Gala works. <laughs> right. And it's also way bigger. Do you exactly. feel like there's not enough ridiculous cameos? Like, is this show ridiculous enough? Are they just pouring a bath and seeing how hot it is and putting their foot in it, but not just jumping into the hot bath? Who else would you want? Uh, I'm Bradley Cooper. Now that you said it, he's got a movie to promote. So once the, you know, once everyone's working again, I would be happy like what, to see that. What's off limits? Like, would could George Clooney be on the board of... The TV station. Oh, sure. Could, that would like, be where great. Where's Meryl Streep? Bring them all too. You know what I'm saying? Where's Jack Nicholson? Oh, I'm all. <laughs> like, could Jack Nicholson just come out of nowhere as as sure. like a Rupert, Rupert Murdoch figure for six episodes? There's a really good movie from about 
like 10 years ago called Morning Glory that's also about Like, the... I don't know what Morning Glory okay, is. Come well, on. I just, listen, Jesus. I, this it's like, is I'm for not every... married to somebody who watches all of those movies. This is for everybody else listening. It stars Rachel McAdams, but also Harrison Ford and Diane Keaton. Let's bring that morning fictional morning show into the universe of this morning show. You know what I'm saying? And just have everyone competing against each other. I fully support it. I would say this show is a combination of what they think a more exciting Nancy Myers movie would be crossed with like an episode of 24. Right. Crossed with the West Wing, but with more money. Right. And higher salaries for everybody across the board. Crossed with them trying to do succession, which is like a dash of succession. And not landing it. Yeah. But the real reason we watch is because we love Billy Crudup in this in this show. I mean, oh he's he's the North Star. He's the foundation. He's the only one who wins, no matter how ridiculous it is. Even when they try to humiliate him and shame him and have him sing Ain't No Mountain High Enough for reasons that remain unclear, he, he, he escapes unscathed with no dirt on him, no grime. He just, yeah. he just ascends over this bloody mess. Do you think he's writing his own lines. I know that we talked about this at the beginning of the season, but I do wonder whether he's putting like the crude spice on his dialogue at this point. I think it's very pot. Like, I yeah. think if you gave him true serum and some shots, he might, he might <laughs> think, be like, yeah, listen, I might make up some scenes myself. He's a talented actor. He has a lot of stage experience. He can make any dialogue work, but I do kind of think that he's just bringing his, his own stuff to the table at this point. Cause you can tell his material is just funnier than everybody else's. Do you think like somebody who works for the morning show listening to this would be upset? Like, do they think it's good? Like what's going on there? I I would love genuinely to talk to someone from the morning show in a, in a constructive and positive way. I would like to know what their goals are. Cause when they, when they laid out the January 6th thing and how painstakingly they, and I was like, Oh why? no, they, they think this is like really yeah. good. I, the thing that I don't understand is their relationship to like real news events and why, in addition to being a, a very expensive and fun soap opera, they feel that they need to not not just recover, but like weigh in on every single hot button news issue of the past 20 years. And like that we want them to be part 60 minutes as well as, you know, part dynasty or whatever. Like we we need the morning show to make me reevaluate how I thought about some of the biggest stories of the yeah. 2020s. Yeah. I just I don't understand why that is so important to them and whether they think they're succeeding. See, what what makes more sense to me is if they lean toward the TJ Holmes. Oh, who was yeah. that lady he had the affair with? I, I don't the ABC, remember. Amy, somebody yeah. who was yeah. married to Billy from Melrose Place. Right. And it became a whole thing. It, it was page six dined on it for like a yeah, year. We need more page six stuff on the show unless, oh boy, now they get to tackle Roe v. Wade. Pretty sure I didn't need the morning show to wade into Roe v. Wade, no pun intended. In the middle of the, like, Reese Witherspoon, Juliana Margulies, like, honeymoon in Montana, they just 
decided to throw up like a news report of like the death of Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Like, and I was just like, <laughs> I, I sent you that screenshot just being like, why? Like, RPG, why, RPG why is did gone. you need to do this? And they just look so glum. And I was like, I know, I know she's gone. I didn't need your fake news report about it. What a show. Um, so what do we think with three episodes left? Oh Any predictions okay. Okay. before we go? Well, did you notice that in John Hamm's characters, what's his name, Paul? In Paul's speech- Paul Ham. Paul Ham, yeah. Paul's speech to the newsroom. They asked who was behind, behind the hack and he very confidently said, we think Russia. So I am very afraid that they are returning to the hack and a Russia subplot that is somehow going to involve the missing war correspondent boyfriend. Oh, uh, that's a good call. I, and I, I don't, that's not where I wanted I like this storyline to go. Any of the storylines. It's not where I wanted it to go. That's pretty good. What happens with Bradley Cooper then? I mean, Bradley Jackson. The Bradley I keep Cooper. calling her Bradley Cooper. <laughs> what happens to Bradley Jackson? Yeah. So here's an interesting question is the subpoena and whether or not the, like, the deletion of the tape is going to be revealed in like the metadata or whatever. Yeah, I don't know. know. The metadata, I'm not like yeah, a tech that's person. Good call. Yeah, yeah, So yeah. she'll have to resign. Yeah, I, th- I think so. But then will that also be crude? Here is the thing I've been really concerned about is, is, is the Stella Paul Marks plot a gambit for Billy Crudup to leave the show at some point because he's like, I've had enough. Well, listen, if he leaves the show, I leave the show. I, I mean, just me so too. they know. Yes, yeah. I think everybody knows that. But I think Billy Crudup knows that, too. And he's like, probably like I've given my best. Is it a Rob Lowe West Wing situation? Right. Where he's no. just like, give I'm him not- the Hamptons house that I, he lives in in the show. That should be his season four salary that he spent one night with and then texted. Do you remember this? <laughs> oh, I'm aware. The, the most upset my wife was in the first seven episodes was she had the. Cartier bracelet that you have to screw on and off. Yes. Yeah. And she was like, you don't take that take off. That it's off. screwed no, on. No, of course not. The, yeah. they, if you're at somebody's house, you, they, you'd have to like ask for a screwdriver to take that off. This is ridiculous. <laughs> right. That was, that was what made her the maddest of any dumb plot on the <laughs> show. But that is like the best note for the whole series. It's yeah. really, that's very important. Yeah. It's, this it's show, true. This show really needs some help. And then I assume Ham and Aniston will break up. Sure. He might blow up in a rocket, though. Like, they might actually, like, try to blow him up. Can't be ruled out. I can't believe they sent all those people in the zero gravity machine for one dumb plot line of this show. I have, there's one real life character I would love to see them bring in. Okay. And that is Hunter Biden. Oh, that is a really good one. Because if they're going to do January 6th and Roe v. Wade and COVID and... You know, all all these real life things. Is, isn't Hunter Biden one of the top five things? And could they have an actor playing Hunter Biden or somebody who reps him? And could you work him in? And maybe Bradley Cooper's partying with Hunter Biden, Bradley Jackson. So here's a here's a question. Yeah. Is the is Biden the president in the world of the morning show? Do they ever say Biden? They don't. They do the do they succession say, thing where they yeah. don't say who the and president they, yeah. is. Okay. But and yet they, they're dipping in all these other real life things. So Right. So I guess they could just create a character who was not named Hunt. Yeah. Okay. That's really interesting. They don't actually, they will say Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but they won't say Biden. 
There's only one person I know who watches this show unironically and loves it and is upset when we make fun of it. And that is John, John Jastrzemski of the Ringer Gambling Show okay. and the New York New York podcast. Oh, wow. Okay. He heard me talking about this and him and his new wife were listening and they were like, wait, you don't like the morning show? And that was like an actual reaction. I was like, wait, are you serious? And we argued about it. So okay. there are people out there, there are that people. are, well, it's fine. We don't judge those people. My understanding of the New York sports world at the moment is that you need an outlet, right? You need a safe space. Oh, this is, I love yeah. when you talk sports. Uh, well, this here is, I am, you know, I'm logged on. It's the, the, the it's a real time <laughs> to be living in the home of a Philadelphia sports fan. It's, it's been a rough New York sports ride. You're right. Yeah, Maybe they need the morning ex show. Ex except for Sunday, but you know, I, I, whatever people take from this, whether it is uh, hate or enjoyment or just reconnecting with friends on a Tuesday night, you know? Well, that's why we call it a guilty pleasure. And that's, here's the announcement. Starting next week on the Ringer Dish Feed, we're going to be launching a podcast called Guilty Pleasures. Yes. It's basically the Bizarro Prestige TV <laughs> podcast, and it's going to be on Ringer Dish and... We needed an outlet to cover okay. Shotgun Wedding with Jennifer Lopez and every morning show episode. And believe me, there's a lot of material. And just like that, will I be able to speak about the end of, of season three? We might go backwards and oh run back every end just like that episode. And you could do it with Chris Ryan, who thinks Sarah Jessica Parker is the premier comic actress of our generation. She is wonderful on a show that could also use some writing guidance. Yeah. So guilty pleasures. Can't wait. Guilty pleasure or guilty pleasures? Guilty guilty pleasure. Yeah. I think singular is easier to say. Singular is easier. So that's going to launch on Ringer Feed. It will operate, uh, Ringer, Ringer Dish Feed, and it will operate a lot like the Prestige. There will be a lot of people on there. It's very important that we launch this before the start of Hallmark holiday Hallmark, movie season. Yes, which is coming soon. Which um, I don't got, know like, if you've seen. Days. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if you've seen some of the matchups they have for that. There's a, there's an Andy McDowell movie coming out. Like there there's some of the wow. some of the greats are are coming back to Hallmark. Anyway, all right, all right, Amanda, it was good to see you. I'm sorry I kicked your ass in the big picture uh, Denzel draft. It's you know you were it was kind one side. To me. The voting was one sided. It's okay. I just, I'm I'm used Sean to it. Sean brought me in. I beat up everybody there, and I got the W. And I'm now one. I'm undefeated now. That is really true. I. Uh, I just liked having some energy that wasn't Sean's energy on the podcast. So I thank you for that. <laughs> it was fun to all of us turning on Sean at various points. <laughs> That's how every draft goes. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. Bye, Bill. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.